Sounds pretty good. The new mic is in. We're ready to go. Yeah, we're going to be good. What's Gucci? Coming to you live from a country called Earth. It's a party either way. Yeah, yeah. Hey, it's a motherfucking party, man. Man, let's pay, the, pay some bills first, man, before we get to the meat and potatoes of this Well, show. we're definitely going to do that. Brought to you. today. Today's episode is brought to you by, we just got two sponsors today. Alpha Brain. You already know Alpha Brain. The ultimate that brain. Alpha crack. I, Break I, your back, man. How, did you like it? I was, man. I was up for about four days. It, and, uh, that's I bullshit. I did, like, that's old bullshit. homework assignments from the eighth grade and shit, but... I was cool. It was, I felt okay. That's bullshit. It's no caffeine. People keep on asking me, Howie, isn't it just a placebo? No, it ain't a fucking placebo. Stop okay. asking with this. Pl- placebo? It's not a placebo. That's something that you, like, you, that you gotta like spit out when you um, when you like have a baby or something. You don't know what a placebo is? <laughs> it's no. a placenta. Oh, that's not... That's you talking about a placenta. Oh, placebo, placenta, pl- I don't know much shit. Same shit, motherfucker. It's know. not a placenta. Crew, let me ask you a question. You heard of vitamins before? Vitamins? Vitamins. You know what a yeah, vitamin is, right? Yeah, vitamin A, B, C, D, motherfucker. Flintstones and shit, yeah. There are certain things, and I'm try- I am keep on trying to tell people this. They don't listen to me, and I, they don't seem to have any common sense. I keep on telling There's certain things that you need for your body, right? Right. But you may be deficient in those specific vitamins because you just can't get all of them from your diet. You vitamins. So what do you do? You get vitamins to supplement your diet. It's simple. You get calcium for this, vitamin D, vitamin B. All, all this shit you get... For whatever you're deficient in. So what makes you think that your brain isn't the same thing? Your brain doesn't need vitamins too? When I was a kid, I wouldn't have no candy. I used to eat a gang of Flintstones vitamins and think they was candy. Because they, like, they taste like candy, so I just ate like a gang of them like candy. And I mean, I stayed like five, six my whole life, but it's okay. You're not going to get all those vitamins eating that, 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 uh, that, that communist subway or radioactive panda or conveyor belt sushi that I see y'all buying from Scotty's. People Who's buying Scotty's. Scotty's some Pippin. gas station at UCR. They got a gas station inside the on campus. Pippin. Only Scotty I know is Pippin. They're getting That's... sushi from a from a from a gas station. You know, I don't even know why I'm getting all worked up though. If we... don't don't get mad over there. Yeah, They're I don't know. Uh, and also you know, also so. even if it is a placebo, which it isn't, but even if it is, placebos still work. That's the point. You. That sounds like some rich people stuff. I don't know. That's like eating the. Caviar remember, remember, uh, you remember the scene in in, uh, in uh, Space Jam when Bugs Bunny gives him the magic water that isn't magic. It's yeah, just from vodka. the water. That was vodka. No, it wasn't vodka. Oh. I'm not talking about symbolically, but he just he got it from the water water fountain and he labeled it like superhero whatever oh, the fuck yeah, it the, was, and oh, he gave it to all of them, and they started like bulking right, up, right, and then right. yeah, that was a halftime. That's right. the Space Jam water. That was a placebo, but what happened though? They won the game. They won the game because they thought they drank some super powerful shit. I rest my case. Alpha Brain, get your life together. And our second sponsor, our second sponsor, we just got two today, is the Church of What's Happening Now, where turkeys learn how to be eagles. Why gobbles when you can sort. No, no, no. And we about to, we about to usher in this episode. It's a motherfucking party either way, son. <laughs> Woo! Woo!
They might have felt it too much. I had to move the mic away. You had to move the mic away? It's I mean, all right. We're going to get our budget yeah. right. We get our sound right. We're going to be all right. The you know second I mean? mic is in. The podcast, the infrastructure is improving by the day. Crew's got an office in here now. Uh, well, you know, office slash studio slash uh, schedule a pussy nigga uh, uh, ass whooping, you know. It, 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 it's just, you know, it's, it's multi-hyphened, you know. You got to be multi-hyphened in these streets. You got to do more than one thing. More than two things. More than three things. You got to be a Jamaican out here. What, what does mean? that mean? You got to be a Jamaican out well, here? Well, it's an old little stereotype that Jamaicans have a lot of jobs. They used to be like skits on like in, in Living Color and SNL, you know, using Jamaican people saying that they have like a lot of jobs uh-huh. and implying that uh, they have more than one job. So when you hear the stereotype, oh, I'm working like a Jamaican, it means that you have more than one in- income coming in. But in fact, there's nothing wrong with having more more than one income coming in because the idea the whole purpose is to have at least four to become wealthy, right? You need four incomes to become rich. Is that the point of 444? Is that what you got? You for? know what? It could be. It's so many different uh, entendres on the 444 thing. For, I mean, of course, December 4th being Jay-Z's birthday. Uh, you know, saying Beyonce, her her birthday, four. They, they surrounded by fours. They might have four kids out of this motherfucker. Don't be surprised if Jay got another kid coming. You think even a job with Apple called 444 only have three kids? No, she's going to have another kid. I wonder if the twins, so the new babies that they got, were they, was that was that um, their conception? Was that the result of makeup sex? And if so, will they be stronger twins because of it? Like, mm. you, 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 that makeup, that real, like, I'm very sorry, baby, but that real deep remorse, yeah. which is then converted into, like, a new level of love, and then to make love in that way and then make a baby with that vibe? Yeah. Are these babies super babies? Do we know? Well, it's better to have a makeup baby than a breakup baby. Meaning that it's better to have a baby uh, <laughs> when you make up than to have a baby outside of your relationship when you broke up. Because if, if you, even if you're broken up or not, your girl is not going to take you back if you got another baby out there by somebody else. You think she's going to let you in that back in that, in that punani? Nah, man. So it's better to be makeup and have good, rough, passionate makeup sex. And, and call it a day. Maybe you can produce a something like a lemonade. It ain't going to be lemonade. It ain't going to be 444. It might be like, um, you know, lemon drink and uh, three and a half and a, and a quarter or something. But it ain't going to be, you know, it ain't going to be nothing like, the, you know, the king and queen. But, you know, uh, when you, situations like that always bring out the best and worst of people. You know, look at Mary J. Blige. Mary J. Blige, her whole, her, you know, her career, her hottest shit came when she was going through her turmoil and her heartache. And her, uh, you know, her drug-infused uh, relationships. So pain always produces like that, that, that quality shit, man. I think it opens up new uh, realms of like um, new, like new depths to your feeling. Like I, that's what happened. I remember that yeah. when my cat died, I realized like this is a new dimension of emotion that I didn't have access to, and now I can access it whenever I want. I want I can access that that place of suffering. Which ultimately kind of makes you more alive. And you want to be as live as possible. You don't want to be like, you want to be as like, 
Every you want things to be as vivid as possible. You don't want to live on autopilot. No, you don't. You Definitely don't want to be. You don't want to be like a Tesla right now. Like how you just. You don't want to be like a Tesla and just relying on a Tesla to drive your life. Because you're going to crash eventually. Because everybody knows that that's just a test run for the Tesla. They're, you're not supposed to let the Tesla drive itself. You're supposed to monitor it. it what, what, what happened, Hallie? What, they what? were watching Harry Potter. Are you serious? They were watching. They deserve to crash then. They were watching. Shout out to J.K. Rowling. Harry Potter. I think one guy was looking at porn while driving. And they were given very specific instructions not to do so. Hey, you know what? And they got their hogs worth. They got their hogs worth, too. By letting it self-drive. Um, one of our sponsors is Alpha Brain. I would just like just preface if you will if you do take end up taking Alpha Brain, do not take more than two a day until you become <coughs> a, a professional. How would you give me three of them? Well, I thought you were a professional. No, I, no, just the first time, motherfucker. You gotta crawl before you walk. Just you gotta Damn. crawl before you ball. Definitely. Just do not um, do not overextend yourself. If you take four Alpha Brains. Man, if you take four alpha brains, you need to go see a psychiatrist because obviously you're trying to self-medicate and self-remedy to to another deeper level that alpha brain cannot assist you with. No, I think my tolerance just went up. No, I think you need to fall back off the motherfucking. Well, all right, all right, mate. We can talk about this later. No, you sound like an addict. Super facts, super facts. Sound like addict to me. We 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 do super facts. Next the next podcast we will have Howie's closest family sitting around in a circle and Howie's like, what the hell? I thought we was gonna have a podcast. No, motherfucker, this is an intervention because you didn't got too many motherfucking alpha brains. You popped too many alpha brains, G. Now you're going to be like to do Matt. Yep, that's going to be you. <laughs> look at your thing on the, Look at what you did on the scale. <laughs> Dude, we, we peaking. We got peak today. All right. Let's just get And hey, We a peaking type of motherfucker. We, we peak all the time. The problem you know is you mix it with I might coffee. make your girl peak. Not you personally. I'm saying, you know, whoever, you know, run up and get done up. Just read the instructions. Take it with a light meal. And don't send it down with coffee because that'll cause an explosion in your stomach. You don't want to burn a hole in man, your hell no. That's like Pop Rocks lining. and Soda, man. Ain't nobody got time for that. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. What the hell? All right. Super facts where we confirm the fact. Because this podcast is all about facts. And we want to be as factual as possible. And we want to... Sometimes we say shit and we can't really... You know, for the new listeners, old listeners... Thanks for tuning in once again. Shout out to the listeners. Yeah, man. Holding us down. Our day ones. We fuck with our day one hitters, man. All, all, all day in America. You know what I'm saying? Because y'all going to be the ones that, you know, when we start getting these real sponsors in and start getting this money rolling. What do you mean? Y'all we do got there. real sponsors. I'm not saying we don't. I'm just saying more. Oh, when we, yeah, when yeah, we get yeah. to, like, the, the Merrill Lynch's and shit. And, and, you know, I don't and, know uh, if I want Merrill Lynch's. And, uh, and Lloyd's of London and, and places like Lloyd's that. Lloyd's of London? Yeah. You, why are you saying Lloyd's of oh, London? Because Kanye sla- West? Because they financed slavery and I thought that they, they should give back. They should give back. Did and, Lloyd's of London really absolutely, do that? Absolutely, they did. They, they, they financed slavery. They were, so did Henry Ford. <laughs> Henry Ford, too. Lloyd's of London, the reason why I heard about Lloyd's of London is apparently Kanye was, uh, like, on weed and they're saying that exasperated his already fragile state of consciousness and that's one of the reasons why he had to cancel and he had those medical problems Lloyd's of London is the insurer and also someone else mentioned him the other day Joey Diaz mentioned him the other day these synchronicities are getting him to be a little bit too yeah, much yeah, why'd you bring up Lloyd's of London because I saw something on TV uh, about Lloyd's of London like investing in something or pulling out either they're pulling out or investing in, in, in something that I saw I can't really hold but they invest in a lot of shit they invest Was it- a lot of TV a lot of TV, a lot of multimedia. I've you know never, I mean? never heard of them until this week. Lloyd's of London? I swear Man, to God. Them, them motherfuckers was slave financiers, homie. Really? They got old motherfucking money, dog. What? That's old money right was there. It, was when you heard about it in any way connected to Kanye West? Um, was it? 
I don't because what I'm saying is if this is coming from three separate I just know that they got areas, money. they got that old money, you feel me? Synchronicity. We'll talk about that on the next one. But let's get through these super facts. Uh Olmec heads. You mentioned Olmec heads a while ago. Yeah, 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 yeah. Olmec heads, you know what I mean, out there in the, on the coast of uh, the beaches of Mexico, southern Gulf Mexico. Gulf of Mexico coast, yeah. And I mean the heads obviously they look uh very African esque. Joe like 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 Joe Lewis, fifty cent, real defined broad lips, big nose, real African esque. Well, I can say, based on the research, here's let me just read straight from the research. 17, there were 17 monumental stone representations of human heads sculpted from large basalt boulders. The heads date from at least before 900 BC and are distinctive features of the Olmec civilization of Eso America. All portray mature men with fleshy cheeks, big cheeks, flat noses, big lips, and slightly crossed eyes. Their physical characteristics correspond to a type that is still common among the inhabitants of Tabasco. They're found on the Gulf of coast of Mexico. In the late 19th century, Jose Melgar E. Serrano described a colossal head as having, quote-unquote, Ethiopian features, which I don't know what the fuck he's talking about. You know Ethiopian features, motherfucker. You're Ethiopian. But you know that's what why I'm saying. They weren't, like. they, weren't know, well, they weren't Ethiopian at all. Uh, and there has been some speculation that the Olmecs had African origins um, that resurfaced in 1960. African origins, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe, I guess. You know what I'm saying? Um... <laughs> <laughs> but in the um, so it resurfaced. I took a look at these stone heads. I see what you're saying, but um, I gotta be honest. I've seen hella Mexicans and Asians with thick lips and flat, big noses and fleshy cheeks. I mean, I looked at it and originally I was like, yeah, these look African as hell. This but one, then this I was like, you, you know what? I go also have called, seen. Go get a book called um, Africans in Ancient Americas by Ivan Van Sertima. Okay, and it'll break. It's called They Came Before Columbus. Great book to read. They Came Before Columbus by Ivan Van Sertima, uh, Ancient African Presence in Early Americas. I think that's verbatim how the title goes, but it explains how African presence has been in the Americas way predating Columbus and all them niggas. You know what I'm saying? It, it, so the fact that we've been over here, that's not even up for the really debate. They got copper mines, they got, they got remnants in Minnesota. Of, of West African compromise, compromise, like copper, like West African artifacts in Minnesota, they found. This is a fact going back hundreds of thousands of years, at least about 50,000 years. Why, why are these African artifacts in Minnesota? Why do you have these ancient pyramid mounds in Tennessee? Why do you have these ancient pyramid mounds in Oklahoma? Why do you have these ancient pyramid mounds in, in you know what I'm saying, all over the world? These pyramids, not only in, on, are they on this planet, come on, man. We see some pyramids on some other planets, too, man. So uh, what does that tell you? All right, well, we can bring on Jose Venegas now that we've got a second mic. Jose Venegas, the anthropologist, he actually mentioned to this me when I was at RCC. I had heard about it before he mentioned it on the Joe Rogan podcast. Shout out to the JRE. Yeah. But, uh, and he said it talked about African yeah. origins. And Jose said the same thing, African origins. He said something about Mexicans and not knowing about their African history or something like that. Who knows? We'll bring on Jose. Am and, I convinced? Yeah. Um, I don't and, know. And we'll it's see. the whole thing. To other races, I understand. Like To some other races, it might feel like, well, who cares? Who cares if it was black? Who cares if there's black, black faces along the coast of Mexico? Who cares, right? But to a black man in America, to a black woman here, who goes through so much scrutiny from all angles, who's kicked, who's, we on the lowest of the totem, but really at the top, 
everything that's been hidden from us is important because it's been hidden and it's empowering for us to actually uncover the clues and the evidence and to put the puzzle the pieces of the puzzle together and see that our greatness and see how great we really were because this motherfucker ain't gonna say tell us how 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 we were he gonna say martin luther king malcolm x marcus garvey rosa parks you was a slave africa that's it there's no predating that shit yo and that's bullshit homie we was royalty out this motherfucker that's all i'm saying speaking of uh hidden and uncovered Hidden and uncovered? Yeah. Hidden and covered. Hidden figures. Hidden figures. Uh, we're going to move on to our next super fact. What was Watergate? What was Watergate? Crew, do you remember what you said last week, what I, Watergate I, I was? Said, I said the Waterman bro- broke in. You said, you said the, the, weather, weatherman, the, weatherman, the Weatherman. You said the Weatherman right, broke so in. What's, what's, the, what's the fact? And the fact? found uh, the Watergate papers. And, and then I don't remember what you took it after that. No, no. You I, said I, they, exposed they exposed Nixon. Right, so what, what's, the, what's the facts? And what I said, the facts are exactly what I said. And for those of y'all who don't know. Oh, he got one right. He got one. Hey, let's get Shut us out if we get a super fact right. I said it almost. Verbatim. I look about at one in one in fifteen right now, son. I, so honestly, I don't. I don't know why we're doing. I think you're about the only one who doesn't know this. I don't know what, the, this you're audience. Right. Is, I, I, I didn't. I haven't. Watergate wasn't really something I really dove into. So this is what happened. COINTELPRO, Co- Co- Yes, I delved. I delved into COINTELPRO because that affected my people. You did. <laughs> Watergate was a major political scandal that occurred in the United States in the 1970s following a break-in at the DNC, the Democratic National Committee, headquarters at the Watergate office complex in Washington, D.C. on June uh, 17, 1972, and Nixon's administration attempted to cover it up. The affair began with the arrest of five men for breaking and entering into the facility, and they're burglars, and there's slush fun. And Richard Nixon had something to do with JFK's murder, and uh, he's an asshole, and he's a racist, and fuck him like Derek Hoover. Yeah. The scandal led to the discovery of multiple abuses of power by members of the Nixon administration, an impeachment process against the president that led to the articles of impeachment and the resignation of Nixon. Uh, the weathermen, the weathermen that you're talking about, crew, who I also talked about and said yeah. they're against the Vietnam War, uh, the Weathermen were an American militant radical left-wing organization founded in Arn Arbor, Michigan. Originally called the Weathermen. They were actually the Weather Underground. They found the Quintelpro papers. That's what they found, huh? <laughs> Man, we could look that up next time. Incidentally, they are from Chicago. Yeah. Or actually, they had a role in Chicago's history. Listen to this. Oh, the, 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 the um, 68. The, the Democratic National Con- uh, Convention, the riots of 68 in Chicago. Mm, no. They talk, you, you talking about that situation? Um, 69, okay, they were involved in black power and were in opposition to the Vietnam War. And they, okay, they conducted campaigns of bombing through the 70s, mid 70s. Jailbroke Dr. Timothy Leary and were involved in the Days of Rage. Their first demonstration uh, on October 8th, 1969, was a riot in Chicago, timed to coincide with the trial of the Chicago 7. You know anything about the Chicago 7? The Chicago 7? Oh, you talking about from the, from the, De- the Democratic National Convention about the riots and all that stuff? I I, I, I don't know. What, I'm not what, from Chicago. What, I know you're not from. I, be more specific. I don't. I don't. I don't know about the That's Chicago. That's all we got. 7. Chicago Seven. No. Hmm. I don't anything about that. All right. Well, that's what it was. Moving on to the next one. That's but we will know about it next time. We though. will know about it. We're gonna do the. We're gonna do the homework. We're gonna see. That's one thing about us, baby. If we don't know, we're gonna find out. We're gonna get the evidence. We're gonna. We're gonna use the logic that we got. We're gonna. We're gonna use our spirit. 
and we're gonna come to a conclusion about this shit, about this fragmented shit. That's all this shit is, this fragmented shit that you got put together, yo. That's it. Fragmented as hell. Fragmented AF. Uh, the next one is the Build a Burger group. Build a Burger. Not, not, not. This is not the is Illuminati uh, place of res- uh, restaurant where they go to eat burgers and, <laughs> and rule the world and getting uh, double doubles. It's not that. So actually, it's not. It's not Illuminati. Okay. Illuminati burger stand. I mentioned. I mentioned the Build a Burger. Okay, I had to go to this conference for ASUCR kind of thing. It was lame. I'll talk about it later, possibly. I still have a lot to process. They know. They, 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 they know. They, it was. They, it was kind of boof. Whatever. Last year was better. This one was kind of. That, that, that this. This world is. Is ran by fam a family, a, a group of, like just a, a small group of families. Well, so check this out. You know I went to this conference and and last couple podcasts ago, or I think it was actually last podcast when I said I'd be gone because we shot the last one on Tuesday instead of Thursday, the usual time. Um, I was like, yeah, I'm not I'm not gonna be here. I got to go to this conference, this Bilderberger conference. It's actually the Bilderberg Group. Oh, G20. G20, kind of the Bilderberg G- Group. G20. Is an annual private conference of 120 to 150 people of the European and North American political elite, experts from industry, finance, academia, and the media established in 1954 by Prince Bernard. The group's original goals of promoting Atlanticism, which was strengthening U.S. to European relations over the Atlantic Sea, obviously, and preventing another world war, has grown. The Bilderberg's group theme, I want, dude, you got to read between the lines reading this stuff because they're basically, they're telling you what exactly what they're trying to do but it takes some reading in between the lines to really like understand what that means the Bilderberg's group theme quote is to bolster a consensus sorry consensus around free market western capitalism and its interests around the globe in 2001 Dennis Healy who dude okay by the way I was looking this up all their Dennis Healy is that the one that started the Healy's with the with the wheels on it? I don't. No, no, no. Oh. Not the same. Oh, okay. I'm looking. I'm looking. I'm looking at the, all their personnel. So they're led by a steering committee. All the chairmen of the steering committee are all white. Are are either German, Dutch, English, or French. That's not. What's crazy? What's crazy is they all live past ninety one. For real, dude. Is that why Rockefeller dude got like eighteen heart transplants? Dude, to, to what survive? is this? What is this thing where I don't even know how they're still working? Every white dude I see over the age of seventy it's is cause senile. Because they're senile. How are these people even dressing up in, in suits? It don't die till they die. That's what I'm saying. It, like, don't, how die, do they, it don't die till they die. That old racist old ghetto boy shit. It will not die until them motherfuckers die. When they die, then motherfuckers can move a little different. Dude, it, it's so it's so hot because we talked about how that attachment to this earth, right? Yeah, they attached. That's why they want to preserve the fucking life. That here. preservation is like, I'm you, Joe. dude, Dennis Healy in two thousand one. He's dead now. Eighty eight years old. A Bilderberg Group founder and steering committee member for thirty years said, "To say we are striving for a one world government is exaggerated, but not wholly unfair." Those of us in the Bilderberg felt we couldn't go on forever fighting one another for nothing and kill people, killing and killing people and rendering millions homeless. So we felt that a single community throughout the world would be a good thing. Yeah, killing like our own white people, our but, like but our they, own they, Northern American. What you think and the Dark Ages was? What you think the Inquisition was? It yeah, was so they or- killing white folks. It's like let's organize, you know? let's organize and now take advantage of Africans, Southern Americans, and Asians. How about we do that? <laughs> that's what yeah. to me. That's what this seems. And I'm dude. DNA, baby, DNA. 
According to the former chairman, Etienne Devignon, who is still alive but looks like death. This guy looks like a zombie. But Yeah, and the eyes is the one. With, look at these no, eyes. No, the eyes are sparkling and blue. The eyes are blue and sparkling, which is weird. But they're, they're still definitely alive. The eyes are still alive. And the founder, uh, he said, uh, we're stri- uh, blah, blah, blah. Hold on, sorry. Oh, a major attraction of the Bilderberg Group meeting is that they provide an opportunity for participants to speak and debate candidly and to find out what major figures really think without the risk of off-the-cuff comments becoming fodder for controversy in the media. Check out the rest. Of, so he was part of the steering committee. All these Man, other dudes. All, all these the other dudes. They don't like black people. Dude, let me read these names for you. Alec Douglas. I didn't see, see them at the motherfucking Essence Fest. They wasn't at Essence Fest. They didn't, you know what I'm saying? They didn't go there and see, you know what I'm saying, Jill Scott and all them. I don't trust them. If y'all Metro don't trust them, then you know what to do. Shit. Alec Douglas Home, born in 1903, died in 1995, 92 years old. Former steering committee chair member. The lead guy. Walter Shield, German, oh, born in 1919. Oh, okay. Died in 2016, 97 years old. Eric Roll, English, Baron Roll, and they've got like uh, these ridiculous titles, and they got like a million of them. Baron Roll of Ibsen, born in 1907, died in 2005, 98 years old. So they all going to the 90s, huh? Bro, well, well, Peter well, Carrington. Uncle, well, my uncles and them don't make it past 60 and shit, 50. Peter Carrington. Well, what they doing? I don't know. It's they're tapping into the election. They tapping what into it? that motherfucking evil shit. Peter they tapping, they, they going, that's why the little black kids come in and miss because they eating their little placebos and shit. And eating, <laughs> eating their shit and trying to preserve life. You know what I'm saying? Peter, Peter Carrington, who just retired as the chair, well, he did, Etienne is after him, but he resigned, and uh, it's like a French dude called Henri. But this former, former guy, Peter Carrington, born in 1919, still alive and kicking. Yeah, of He's course. still alive and just kicking. Just like that white supremacy, still alive and kicking, baby. Still alive and kicking. And that's what I'm saying. This shit ain't gonna really... This shit is still going because a lot of these old, old... Like, these people have been around through all the Jim Crow, Jim Crow era, through all the trauma that black people have went through in, all, in this country. Come on, man. You know what You think they, they, they just changed overnight? You think they just gonna... You know what I mean? Like, Obama didn't... Like, I love Obama for, like I said, for the inspiration and the symbol that, the symbol that he provided... For people of color, but come on, man, we were supposed to, we were supposed to run up in there like, hey, with a plan, man. We have no kind of plan. We was too motherfucking comfortable, man. A man without a plan is not a man at all. Nietzsche. I. But okay, we gotta, crew. We gotta like, uh, we gotta clarify. Cause I, I think we rail against white people a lot, in this podcast. I love white people. But I don't like cracker-ass crackers. I'm not a fan. Well, I think there's levels. I think there's... No, there ain't no motherfucking levels. It's cool white people well, that's and, it's, why... and, and it's motherfucking crackers. This is why I was thinking and about that's, this. That's, that's it. I was thinking about this yesterday. I think we got we got white people with funk. White yeah. people with funk, like David Bowie, Mac DeMarco. Yeah. And then... And we love those. And then as it goes down, it gets from neutral to, like, hostility towards. So we got white people with funk. We love you. And then white people who respect the funk... We like you. We fuck with you. You can, you know. And then there's just regular white people who are just neutral about, like, whatever. We just coexist. And then I think below that is, what is it? Is it, is it going to be white people? No. Say it with me. Say, ass- say it with me. Cracker. Ass. Say it say with me. Cracker. Cracker. Ass. ass cracker. White people. No, but I think that's. That's, that's what you. It ain't no problem with saying, look, we ain't calling white devils. 
we graduated from that. We, you know what I'm saying? We ain't saying we ain't calling on that, but we gotta call us a motherfucking white spade or white spade. So it is what it is. I'm, I'm just, I'm just being. I'm not playing white devil's advocate. I'm being for real. Like on some real shit. There's some evil ass white people in this world that the reason why not just black people have went through the trauma, but other people of color have went through this trauma too. Come on, man. Giving somebody smallpox blankets so they can get get off that land sounds a lot like motherfucking gentrification. How they pushing the poor people out and building these motherfucking half million dollar condos. It sounds like the same thing. So what I'm saying, there are cracker ass crackers. Don't be a cracker ass cracker if you are a and cracker. And they're cool white people. They're cool white people. Speaking of cool white people, white people with funk, or at the very least, respect the funk. Yeah. Dude, Matthew McConaughey, last week, I watched this clip. He's in this new movie, Gunslinger, actually where he plays, I guess, like the devil, actually. Yeah. And Idris Elba right. is the hero. It's interesting. Yeah. Black guy's the hero. Matthew yeah, McConaughey is the... What movie, what's the movie called? It's called Gunslinger. It's by Stephen King. Okay. Well, the right. book is by Stephen King. The adaption, I mean, they're adapting it. You gotta, you gotta watch Stephen King, too. Because Stephen King, I, I like Stephen King, but you gotta watch him, too, in, the, in his black representation, his movies, too. Well, you gotta watch him on that, because he'll get a little slick, too. You know what I mean? Like, like you know what I mean? I'm just saying. But he, 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 it's like, he's conscious. I like Stephen King. I respect the Shining. Especially if you look at the, at the science of the Shining, how the black man had the Shining and the, and the little boy had it. A Shawnee? The Shining. Oh, the, the Shining. Shining. the Shining? Oh, the Shining. The clairvoyance. With the... That telepathic power that little boy Danny had in the Shining. Jack But Nicholson. the only person that had it was that black man. There's a science to that, man. Okay. There's a science to that. So, I respect Stephen King. Because you know what I mean, but he'll get tricky on you. He'll put you, he'll put black, the black man on some green mile shit. You know what I'm saying? So you just gotta be careful. You feel me? Just, just, just you know, it's like these cats. They, they know our, they know our history and they know our greatness and they know our magic, but we don't know it. Like they know it. They know it more than we know it. Because they know it more. They know it so much they'll make a movie called The Lion King with your story, and you don't even know it's your motherfucking story. So come on, man! Like these motherfuckers, they know your history. You don't. And the gunslinger, black dude's the hero. Yeah. Matthew McConaughey, white dude, is a bad guy. Cool, whatever. Um, Matthew McConaughey's got some funk. Huh? He finds out on the red carpet at the premiere of this movie that one of his cast members died. Okay. He hears it for the first time. This is a clip. You want to play? It? Can you play it? Pick this up. This is. I watch him. He takes it. Like a champ. I've never seen someone respond. I mean, I, don't, I haven't seen a lot of people respond to death in real time. But this is, look at this clip. Play, play it as loud as you can. Right here. What? What? Sam Shepard. Sam Shepard moved on? Gosh, damn it. From what? I don't know. What do you remember? Oh, man. If you look at. Look, I'm not going to trivialize. That situation I just heard about for the first time. But I always said that, I thought, and I always told Jeff Nichols this, I said, look, in Mud, the whole trailer for Mud could be Sam Shepard sitting in that green chair telling the boy about who Mud is. It'd be about a two and a half minute trailer, but it would have been really badass. He moved on today. Well, we lost one of the great ones. Great writer, great mind, huh? All right, see you in the next one, Sam. <laughs> cut, cut it, cut it, cut it. A couple things right here, though. 
Couple things right here. First of all, Matthew McConaughey hiding the motherfucker. Is he shout, out, shout out to Matthew McConaughey for being hiding the motherfucker and not giving a fuck what anybody thinks about him. <laughs> shout out that's, to that's, that's 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 the first thing we're gonna do right now. Dude, he makes a face like he makes a face like oh you gonna, it's gonna play automatic. Just press cancel. That's the first thing we're gonna do. Dude, he he just make he's like he's like it's like when you're on your way maybe I don't know to the park and yeah. somebody's like oh we forgot the frisbee he's like oh. We forgot the. Fr- oh man! Oh well, we still got the soccer ball. Let me tell you. He said it with such casualness. Because this is what a man a who played ass. Stellar. What's that movie called? He played Stellar. Oh yeah. Stellar. Yeah, What's yeah, that movie called? Interstellar. Interstellar. If you've seen Interstellar, you'll know why Matthew McConaughey reacted like that. Why? Simple and oh. plain. <laughs> you'll know why that brother. We why why he reacted like that. That was a good. Shout out! Shout, shout out to Matthew, Matthew McConaughey. I, re- I really respect his work, his body of work. Uh, I don't know. I don't know him personally, obviously, but. I, I I respect his, you know what I mean, just his, his his carefreeness and his what he's done for the, the film culture. You know what I'm saying? But he was hiding the motherfucker on that. He was like, what? How what he said? That my nigga, because like, look, if it would have been what I was like, no, my nigga died. Not for real. He took this it nigga, like my, he's like, oh, for, oh, nigga, the nigga, oh, oh, for I, real. I love, I love the verbiage. <laughs> I love the verbiage. He goes, who hey. moved on? Why well, he moved on? He made the transition. He made the transition. Matthew McConaughey is a spiritual person. He's like, I, passed I can tell on. by the, just the words he said out of his mouth. I know he's dealing with some spiritual shit. Dude, that verbiage. You know what I'm saying? He, he just, you know what I'm saying? Real he talk. smacks, he smacks his chest, looks directly in the camera, raises one yeah. hand to the sky, one phone finger to the high sky. He right. goes, "See you in the next one." <laughs> Man, he was, he was interstellar with that motherfucker. He was in, See you in the next one. See you in the next hey. one. <laughs> They need, there needs to be like a weed strain called Matthew McConaughey, like Matthew McConaughey. Call like it, all OG. right, all right, all or like, right. Or some like some Interstellar OG. That'd be some fucking. Fire, no, Matthew dog. McConaughey, dude. Matthew, one of the few Oscar speeches that really hit me was Matthew McConaughey's when he won um, for Dallas Buyer Clubs. I'm pretty sure. And he talks about a speech, and he goes, he played the shit out of the role. He goes, he stands up there, and he goes. I always used to think, I was asked when I was a kid, who is my hero, who's my role model? And he didn't have an answer and he had to think about it. And then he realized that his role model was him in 15 years. He wanted it to be his ideal self, and I'm paraphrasing, but it was along the lines of mm. like, I want to be, like, I, I want to chase myself. I want my role, like, the best that I can be to be my role model. And every 15 years it changes because I eventually achieve that whatever I wanted to that be. That threshold, right. That threshold, and right. so it, and and so I'm never in contact with my role model, it's always ahead of me. It's myself a better, you know, more improved, so, which is- Reality, I mean- Dude, it, which is essentially yeah. his guru, is his higher self. Yeah, and, and that's so deep. And I, like a lot of people, especially in Hollywood, they probably didn't catch that. Oh, they that probably didn't deep. catch with Matthew McConaughey and how he dealt with that question, or like, it wasn't even a question, it was, it was, it was a statement. It was him being informed that somebody he worked with made the transition, or he, as he as you quoted it says, moving on, just by him saying not dying, not oh my god he's dead, oh no he knows that that sweat that death is nothing more than a light switch to another dimension. You might lose that body with the mustache and the beard you had, but you're not gonna use that mind that you had. Okay, that's why it's so key to protect your mind through visualization in this realm. In this earth, this low-level realm, when it's not really real at all. And the people that are awake, awoke like Matthew McConaughey's, people like that, who are awake, 
They understand that this is nothing more than a school. This is nothing more than a dimension. Don't get attached to this, the glitz and the glamour and the, and the Instagram and your likes and your shares and all this false gratification because it is not real. It's trippy. It's like really, tri it's the way that he said it. And we talked about this yeah. sort of on Monday when we were at the Kmart, which, by the way, dude, f fuck Kmart. <laughs> fuck Kmart and Kmart parking lots. <laughs> Kmart, dude. but you can get some deals at Kmart right now. They're going out of business. Dude, first of all, you the get you a rug for like $4 or something dude, like that. Shit. I've never seen a Kmart <laughs> whose parking lot does not look like just the apocalypse just hit. Kmart definitely looks like every side street in New York downtown Manhattan. That, that is a truth. God, dude, that, that's, that's definitely depressing. All the yeah. trees are dead. Crows live in the trees. Yeah. Dude, I was watching single mother after single mother walk out with like their top, their four-year-old, and they're real out of shape. They're burnt out. They're all on their phone because they just got off of work, and they're trying to make whatever happen. And I'm not blaming them, but I'm just saying I'm like, blaming them. dude, I could feel their vibe. I could feel their vibe. And I was like, oh, God damn. Kmart, you know, Kmart changed their slogan to they don't really care about us. They had the Michael Jackson song as their theme song uh, recently. So uh, they just don't really give a fuck. Uh, they're like, we're going out of business. Hell, fuck the potholes. You know, the, the K is half lit up. They don't even say K. It's like an iMart. <laughs> what, 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 what it's, it's parking a lot has dead trees with crows that live in them? Yeah. I was just looking at, oh, God, it was... Horrible. It's bad. It was but bad. It's a sign it that it goes. It's a sign of the times. What's going on, dude? The sun was setting. I was starting to panic. I felt like zombies were gonna come over they the hills. They probably were. I'm glad you got it there before dawn. I got. Before I'm glad you fucking. What took before you so long, by the way? In the Kmart. Yeah. It's Kmart. You saw the fucking lines look like the fucking yeah. Jordan line. Yeah. Like yeah. you. I mean, everybody's fucking trying to get a candle for a fifty cent off. You know what I mean? Like, that's another thing. Like, I don't do Black Fridays and shit. I don't fucking go. Like, I take that back. This Black Friday, I might go because it's a couple things that I might need. And I'm gonna bring the fucking guns with me. I'm gonna bring the pistols. I'm bringing fucking brass knuckles, the pepper spray, uh, and everything, and a noose with me for the Ku Klux Klan ones. But, um, you know what I mean? Like, I, I don't understand how people just fucking break their neck to try to save 50 fucking cent on some fucking deodorant. You know what I mean? Like, come on. It's like, like the bag policy. It's 10 fucking cent. 10 cent. So you gonna walk outside of the fucking store, double fisting your whole fucking grocery catalog. Because you don't want to fucking spend 30 cent. That's what I'm saying. It's it, You got to pick and choose your discount battles, yo. Pick and choose your discount battles. That's all I'm saying. Pick and choose your discount battles. You also just got to think about, like, okay, if I'm not spending money, what, like, what other parts of me, what, like, what parts of my energy is being drained in order to get this deal? Like, if you drive, you know, like, five miles more just to get to the gas station with cheaper gas like you're you're like there's time there's stress and also you have to drive that extra five miles it probably would have balanced out if you'd just gone to the one that was closer and maybe it was a little higher like you gotta med anyway so we went to this kmart and we were talking about meditation and detachment and like quieting everything like quieting your mind right. and how i like to imagine and i got meditation this techniques. from yeah meditation techniques and it takes like mindfulness and breathing like you gotta because when you're breathing, the point of breathing and meditation is to, when you're focusing on your breathing, very key, very key though. you can't think about anything else because it pushes everything out of your mind. So it's like, I think beginners is when you start breathing and then after that, you don't really have to focus on your breathing, but you start with the breathing and really focus on it so that once you have like a singular task to focus on, it drives everything out of it, right? It's like the mantras. And also I like to combine this with thinking as if i'm constantly in contact with my higher self or my guru right 
And Ramdas also mentions this. What he says, the analogy that he makes, in saying that your guru is never any farther or closer than you to you than so you for think. The, for, for, the, for the Ramita, I'm sorry, I mean, because you're so for the people that didn't really graduate, when you say higher self, because for some people don't understand what that means. What what do you mean by higher self? Does that mean you you talk to somebody that like a bad and bougie version yourself with a, with an English accent? Your higher self is the self that is not attached to this real world. I mean, to this world that you think is real. I like, okay, to break it down, like, to use a Matrix or a video game analogy, your higher self is the one with the controller, right? You right now are a character in the video game, or in the movie, or whatever you, whatever, whatever you want to think. You're just an avatar for your higher self, and your higher self is the one with the controller, so the higher self is the one that thinks, that is actually in control, but you get lost down here, you get lost in the sauce, and start thinking that this avatar that you're sort of like experiencing life through is real, like your body is real, when really you're just just an extension of your higher self. You're just like, literally that, you're just an like extension. Like an extension core, like, like my mom used to whip me with, my, not my mom, my auntie used to whip me with. Basically, like that's all core. you are, you're just that an extension. Hurt too. And if you can get in touch with this higher self, then you can start, your higher self, which, I don't know if the higher self is separate from the guru or if the guru is a higher self. I'm not sure. There's still a lot well, of research I got to gotta do. To me, it seems like your higher self is the Yoda, it's the guru, it's the Buddha, yeah. it's the third eye. It's it's the one who is not on this planet. And it, it, it's, it's higher than the bullshit. No, nah, no. Nah, okay, I think the higher mm-hmm. self, I think the higher self, okay, I think the higher self might be your ideal spiritual self while the guru is a Yoda here on earth who will help you get in touch with that higher self. So, so to bring it back to Ramdas, I always like to imagine now, in the past couple like weeks or months, and Ramdas says this, he makes this analogy about the guru not being any farther or closer to you than you think. What's going on, he, he makes a comparison to an airport, right? And your yeah. guru is the airplane, and he's trying to land. He's trying to make contact on the landing strip, but there's too much traffic going on. There's too much noise. And he's right there, or she, whatever it is, or maybe it's not even a he or she, maybe it's a cat, is man, you floating. Man, you over that damn cat, is you? It's okay, man. Cat, sh- sh- Shudga? That's how you say it? Shudga. Shudga. Man, rest in peace, Shudga, man. Rest you know in man? peace, like, Shudga. I'm going to smoke a blunt for Shudga later on, you know what I'm Definitely saying? Definitely going to. I will. You gotta, I gotta let, you know, but let I will be pouring go. something out of my cup All right. for Shudga. But the guru is hovering over the airstrip and is waiting for everything to be cleared in order for it to land. So you do this mindfulness and you do this breathing in order to get in touch with that guru. And I like to imagine that my higher self sort of, or my guru, my Yoda is right there instructing me. And I do these exercises where I try and remove myself. I try to be detached from situations and examine them like very objectively and honestly from like this position of almost like deeper wisdom than I myself have. So I basic, what I'm saying is I basically have a Yoda speaking in my head to me all the time. An imaginary yeah. one, but it's functional. Yeah. You know, until I, yeah, yeah, until I find the real one is what I'm saying. Yours like is Yoda. Mine might be James Earl Jones. You know what I mean? So it, it just your voice. The voice doesn't matter. It's the, the message. You know what I mean? And that's the whole, the whole point of this shit. It's like even if it's a person talking with the air on their neck, it just, as long as you can get the message, that's all. It's all that fucking matters. And you got to talk to your higher self, man. You you got to acknowledge that there, there, this is not it. That there is a, a um, almost like a surrogate. That is overseeing this whole situation. It's your avatar. Your avatar. But at the same time, 
not looking outside yourself to save yourself, if that makes any sense. No, within. That's the thing. It's all within. It's all you go, within. Yeah, you have to yeah. retreat inside. It's all Dude, within. There's this great quote from uh, Marcus Aurelius's Meditations, and he talks about how um, whenever you're like feeling anxious or worried, you can fantasize about a sort of paradise and escape to that paradise. That's one way to deal with it. Right. But you'll never get to that paradise. It's an imaginary world, and you're you're only fantasizing. You're not really handling the situation. The deepest place you can go that will offer you the most satisfaction, the most peace, is deeper within yourself. You have that paradise within yourself. You don't you don't think like, okay, hap- like you know, I'm on an island. I'm on a beautiful island. I'm blah blah blah. No no no. You have to be on that beautiful island in the eye of the storm, in the midst of all the trouble and the chaos. Yeah. You don't escape outside, you escape inside, you escape within yourself. Right. You know? So this whole, like, guru thing, I'll be in a situation where I feel, like, anxious, or I feel... It can be any emotion. It can even be positive, positive or negative. Right. Usually, when it's negative, you want to neutralize it, right? And you want to get back to baseline. You want to be level. And that's and people, what they do is they self-medicate in order to get to level, right? Okay. They're like, something's bothering me. I need a drink or I smoke or whatever. And they reach, and, and so, and that's to bring you back to level. But the thing is, it's not permanent. So then you're, it's only, it just keeps on getting worse and worse and you don't know how to deal with it. And then on the flip side... That made me feel like a crackhead right now because I smoke weed and shit. Like, yeah, damn, that sound like me. Hold on now. Well, he's right, though. He's yeah, right. It could be you. And... And then on the other, on the on the flip side, if it's positive, if it's happiness or excitement, you can nurture it. You can nurture it. Instead of neutralizing it, you nurture it and you allow it to grow. But the point is, you are able to identify it. You identify its source and then you interact with it so that you can control it, Right. Yeah. So if you're feeling anxious, you have to be like, okay, what's what's going on? Where is this discrepancy? Where is this like inconsistency coming from? Mm-hmm. And you quiet yourself and you breathe, and then that's where the guru comes in in my head, the, the like the Yoda. Mm-hmm. I, he he goes, he's very. If I had to really actually describe him as one person, he would be Obi Wan Kenobi. Okay. There's this old Obi Wan Kenobi with his hands folded, his hands are in his sleeve, and he's. Sometimes he's standing, sometimes he's sitting full, you know, like cross-legged. And he just asks me questions or sometimes I'll ask him questions. He'll be like, I'll be, he'll be like, what's wrong? And I'll be like, oh, I don't know. And he's like, what do you mean you don't know? And I'm like, well, I think I know. What do you think you know? (sighs) Well, this, 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 and this, and this. And then he'll go, okay, so what about this, this, and this, and this? And then I'll be like, well this and because of this and because of this oh that sounds like you having a full-on conversation with you, you sound oh, like it's crazy. a full-on it's definitely yeah, hold on, man, a hold full-on on, but how you differentiate between having a, having your talking to a guru and uh you talking looking to like a crackhead off 37th street because because okay this is the thing the only thing that differentiates you from you and that crackhead is control okay and and sanity. oh he got control because he smoked too many rocks so he don't have no. Like, he, he doesn't have any control. He has dude, no, he's just like yolo, yolo with the rocks. Dude, that's what mania and psychosis is. Ah. That that's contact with the godhead without any control, yeah. and the the issue is you're participating too much in the godhead. You're talking too much about it, and the more you talk about it, the more agitated you get, and and. And usually also... That sounds like a complicated situation, Hal. It is very complicated. Also, if it's induced by drugs, it's not natural, right? Right, but, but, so, but if, it, if it's not induced by drugs, then that means you need to go to the motherfucking fifth floor. 
That's the thing, though. How many times I mean, is it? You is ain't got it, no excuse, then. If you ain't on drugs, what's your excuse? That's the thing, you though. You might need to go to the fifth floor of a, a community in them. You got to induce it naturally. Because because when, you go, when you're using drugs, you're taking shortcuts. And when okay. you take shortcuts, you don't develop the fundamentals. But I used and to you take need- shortcuts on Grand Theft Auto, though. When I put the Chico's in, and I could just, because I don't want, I have, a, like, infinite bullets and shit. And I had like a million dollars, so I could go buy guns and get head and shit. And then what happens? It gets boring and you quit. Nah, it gets tight. Shit, I can get prostitutes. I can go get the cars painted and sprayed and shit. For how long? For as long as I want to, it's great then. That's going to write that. No no matter how long that's going to last, it's eventually going to end. Nah. Well, it is at the crack house, so, you know. You know what I'm saying? So, like, you have to create this, like this feeling or th- this interaction naturally because you have to learn how to like you ha- you're, you're, you're using these fundamentals and there's a natural progression and it doesn't happen where you break on through to the other side you gotta walk in if break you wanna walk through, through to the other side. there you go Jim up, Morrison honey? the doors if you wanna if you wanna go through the doors of perception you can't bust your way in you can't sneak your way in under the mantle or the little crack in the door you have to meet the door and you gotta, you gotta open it up. You gotta meet the door. What you mean? You gotta say, "What's up, door? How you, got, you doing, man?" You gotta Can I open meet. The door? You gotta you meet gotta the door the and walk Damn, through. Yeah, that's too much, to dude. Man, open the motherfucking door up properly. You talking about you gotta beat the door? And you gotta, you gotta, you gotta meet. They ain't gotta take it out and for coffee and lattes and shit. And you gotta, you gotta see if the, if the door is compatible with you. Hey, how long the door is the door gonna sleep with you or not? Or if you just wasting your motherfucking time? Or you motherfucking get let it on? Uh, uh, yeah, my bad. I'm talking about my life. But anyway, I, I get what you're trying to say. You just gotta walk through, but you gotta walk through properly, and you do that by getting in constant contact with your guru. But this guru has to be very like removed, has to be very honest and objective. And honestly, okay, when I was first doing it, I was definitely simulating the presence of a guru in my mind, where I had to really think about the responses, right? Yeah. Because I was kind of performing the function of my guru, right? I was like, okay, I step in. I was just taking off. Can I meet your guru? Where your guru at? My guru is is uh. What is Starbucks or something right now? In L. A. My guru is right there. Where? Sitting right above my head. Oh, you can't tell see the nigga. Him. Wait, for real? Can't see him. Tell the nigga I said I was handy. You're not allowed to see him. Hey, but ask him if he do you got five dollars I can borrow real quick because I need to see like you know what I mean I need to go like, get some beer and shit. Do we got do we got like black do we got a black card? Do you got good credit? It's an African American Express, not a black card. Uh, African American Express. I like to call it the African American Express. Nah, nigga, I, don't want, I ain't never heard of that, nigga. That ain't AMEX certified, nigga. I don't want that. Nah, Why, yes. Nah, I don't want that. The African American Express. I ain't never heard of African American. No, nope. I love my black people, but I ain't never heard of African American Express. Nope. You see an African American Express in an Anna Rush card? Nah, nah, that's, that's a Nigerian scam right there. That's a pyramid scheme. Get away from that. You don't want that. Anyways, that's how you talk to your guru. If you okay. want to talk to your guru, Want to calm down, but it's very careful. It's you gotta be very careful. It's a long process. I gotta get. I gotta take a piss, dude. This coffee and alpha brain. I'm feeling a little sweaty. What's that? Pause it. Yeah. Oh, all right. And all right. I think it's working. We're probably gonna have to merge these two, cause now it's playing. Okay, so it's playing on this one. So it, okay, we could just merge the two of them, right? This is the fucking thing with tech is I don't know why this has to be so complicated. But anyway, I mean, you know, it's hobby. It's like revenge of the nerds with this technology. Is it really? I can't stand it. We're back. We're back, by the way. Uh, by the way, uh, this is a PSA. Do not take four alpha brains in the span of 
six or seven hours. What is when he's alpha brain? You're only man? supposed to take two. I'm just telling the people because they're gonna. Let me find out you alpha brain cap crackhead. I'm serious, man. We're gonna have an intervention in this hole. Let me find out. Matter of fact, how many alpha brains you got left? Because you had about fifty last year, last time I seen you. We had actually like eighty, I think. I had no, 80. so you need to have because that was off. Have, that was off the back of so vitamin. So why you only got two? Why you only got two in the left in the bottom? What's going on, Howie? Why you only got two out of the damn eighty that was in there? I think you got a problem, man. I went on stage on Monday. I went on stage. I did a stand-up comedy. I for the second week in the row, I did stand-up comedy on Monday at the Hideaway. <coughs> And it went, I mean, I died. I didn't, actually, I didn't die. I don't want to say I died. Because last week, I definitely did die. And I forgot everything. As I was walking up to the stage, I forgot everything. But it was a good death, and I felt real pumped. You uh, died again this, this, this last Monday? I, I didn't really die, actually. I think it was a va- It was a huge improvement. And I think the improve what it was... Did they have music like in between comedians? No, dude, they don't. I mean, they did have it last week, but the guy... Le- it was so dead, the guy left. Like, Here's the thing about the, about the open mic is your audience is mostly just comedians waiting to go up. Yeah, it's whack. It is pretty whack, especially later on. I mean, in the beginning... Uh, like, the first two hours, I want to say, it's kind of actually popping, really. Uh, but then after that, the audience starts to trickle out, and it's just comedians left, which I'm fine with. I don't, I don't think I'm comfortable to perform in front of all those people. But that just, that just attests to how, how funny the comedians are, that they're not funny at all. If the, if the audience is dwindling out, yeah. first of all, there's a science to this comedy shit, yo. Not saying I'm the fucking stand-up king, because I'm not. But I've watched a lot of the greats, and I know that when I've walked in certain situations where they have quote-unquote open comedy nights... It should be no TVs on. There should be no like distractions from that stage. I walk down, people walk down there, TVs on, people watching this, that, and the other, people having conversations. You're not commanding attention nowhere, no how. So I, I, I wouldn't even know there's a show going on. There's a science to this shit, yo. You can't, you, 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 you can't lose. I DJ since I was in high school, you feel me? I did all our spirit shows, all that shit. I've always DJed. I've always been around music. I've always studied the science of moving the crowd and getting the crowd to be on the dance floor and keep them on the dance floor. There's certain songs that you can play right now to this day, like Back That Ass Up or Blow The Whistle or It Ain't No Fun If The Homies Don't Have None. You know what I'm saying? Certain songs that the crowd will go crazy on. You have to understand that science. As a comedian, you have to be able to read your audience. And, and know what and, 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 and here's the thing know. I don't think that but they're not going for that I the, the the show of like an open mic the comedian at the hideaway is not that's not their primary concern like they're using it to attract they're people. probably concerned making money people yeah exactly money yeah exactly they're not they're that's not the they, that, they're, that, they're not they're not worried about like oh let's get the comedians yeah. like let's get a real comedy show no it's just an open mic they're, it's not that like serious but that's kind of like the perfect environment for developers because if you can make comics who are just waiting to go up on stage and who are anxious, you can make them laugh. It's a pretty, I mean, you're doing well. And especially, you know, laughing is like contagious, right? So yeah. when you're surrounded by people who are laughing, even if the joke isn't funny, you start laughing. Too. Yeah, it's very disarming. Dude, which is the power of comedy. I'll get to yeah. that later after I finish. Well, I'm basically finished. What I'm saying is I went upstage and I was much calmer. I was able to deliver. I did my breathing exercises, which helped. The breathing techniques. I slowed everything down. Yeah. 
I didn't break out. I didn't panic. So it was a victory. It was good for me. I was hella pumped yeah. afterwards. It was good. I liked it. But yeah, comedy is powerful in two ways. It is disarming, definitely. And it's the truth. Because if it's not true, you don't laugh, right? Even if you're offended by something. Yeah. You sort of, if you, if you like, if you let out, if you bust up, that's what, you bust up laughing. That's because like, it, it bursts out of you. Right. Dude, you're literally hypnotizing. Yeah, you, you can't, you can't contain it. You're hypnotizing exactly. people and eliciting these mo- emotions from them they, that they can't control. Like literally, to disarm someone with your charm, it's, you, I mean, you're pulling away their guard. It's very like a... Dude, that's why comedy is like a very. It is comedy is like a very is underrated. Very underrated in terms of healing, though. A healing, he, healing. And, and, I mean, it's therapeutic for the comic because the comic you got you got to understand like the comic, if it's a good comic, has been through some traumatic shit to be that funny, or it's just it has good observation, or has skills. good observation, or it just knows how to be fucking funny, or just know you know what I mean. But well, the, yeah. I don't know the comedians I like the the ones that I gravitate towards have a story. Well, you know I've found I've found that it is in some way to be funny, to be entertaining, and to want attention is compensation for some sort of deficiency, right, in your life. So it could be attention from your parents, or attention from friends. Maybe you had a lack, like didn't have a lot of friends growing up, yeah. or you just are short and you needed a way to compete with the taller kids. Because I didn't get funny until middle school. When they're like the girls started to all of a sudden look a little like hotter, like actually look like something Shit, apart. Girls is always hot to me. When I, even when I was in preschool, I was pulling girls under the cot. You did. When I was in preschool, girls just looked like boys with long hair. So in middle school is when I really started to get funny, and I don't think I would be funny. I used to like be a little like annoyed, like well, actually really annoyed with how tall I was. And then I and then I got over it, which I didn't even like really intellectually process that. I just I remember just well, I don't even remember clearly is the thing. I just got over it one day. Damn. And then I realized like, oh, my personality has completely is has made up for my height, and also I'm handsome and all of that, and well, smart I, well, I and intelligent. Bullshit, but you know, I mean, shit, I, I I got cool when I lost my virginity in eighth grade. And you know, you know that's I can, when I got cool. I got. Beautiful eyes. I think eyes are probably Beautiful my eyes. best yeah, feature. Fuck? You even make love to yourself? My yeah, eyelashes. My eyelashes. But what I'm saying, but, but what I'm saying what is that. Is you saying, listen, bro? listen, listen. What, what I'm saying. Listen, what I'm saying is, when you develop a sense of humor, especially as a man, I def. It's it's to compensate for some sort of deficiency evolutionarily. I th- if. If something bad hasn't happened to you, if something has, if you haven't suffered, I think is, there's two ways: is suffering, a lot of suffering and torture and trauma, because comedy is just tragedy plus timing. So there's a lot of trauma that you rework into you 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 laugh to stop cr- crying, right? And the other one <laughs> is what was that? You laugh to stop crying. You what <laughs> is the phrase? Oh, we keep we laugh to keep to keep from crying, something like that. And, uh, y- y- or, or you're just trying to attract people. You're just trying to get people's attention because you don't have any other way to get any attention. So yeah. you develop this personality. Okay. Know? That's, that's, a, you know what? That's true. You know, I, I hear what you're saying, but what's up with your boy, uh, Usher? Do Usher got herpes, G? Do Usher really got herpes out here? Dude, what's, forget Usher. What's up with R. Kelly? 
What is R. Kelly doing? Man, nah, nah, everybody knew that. Everybody been knew that. That's that's the old news. Everybody knew R. Kelly was that. <laughs> that ain't nobody ped- pedophile Robert. Dude, that's dude. pedophile Robert. Pedophile Robert doing what he do best, being a pedophile. There's a clip. But I'm like, dude, Usher really got uh, do the herp herp G. Why wouldn't? Why is that strange? He's been how they many? Said one out of three people got herpes, folks. How many women has he slept with? After Yak came out, especially after Yak came out. They said two girls and a guy is suing him, though, fam. Oh, a guy? He said, oh, a guy? Yeah. Is Usher gay? Dude, how much? <laughs> dude, how much? <laughs> is he? Well, you I, I mean, I wasn't. I, I didn't see him suck a dick. I don't know. That's not. That's, that's that man. How business. much? Okay, how much of the black, uh, the famous black community, black males are gay and just I don't hiding know. it? There's a lot of them, I'm sure. People but, are saying you know Will saying? Smith, Eddie Murphy. There's a lot of them, I'm sure. But, I mean, you know, shit. But then there's a lot of ones that, that contributed to the culture too, though. That James Baldwin. No, 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 no. We're not. Langston I'm not. Hughes, I, we're not saying Langston you know, Hughes was gay. Langston Hughes was definitely gay. I'm not saying it's bad to be gay, but I'm saying how many people are hiding it, like because they're not, and ha- and that we. How for, many people just don't give a fuck? What do you mean? Like, I think people just don't care. Like, I don't care. I honestly don't give a fuck what man does. What like I don't. Like, no, what, I know, like, but what does your body of work do? You but, know what I mean? But at the not same time, pause, pause, not your body, pause. But it is no, on, it is interesting to look at these characters and think, you, like, oh my god, you've been hiding it this whole time that you were gay, but, and then now yeah. you look at like it tells you something about the person, it tells you about the time they grew up in, the society, like the the industry that they're in. It tells you uh, you can break that, like their music starts to mean something different, right? I mean, like all yeah. of a sudden you look at their music differently. Like Frank Ocean, like oh yeah, he's, he makes dope music, but he's talking to a nigga. I mean, he's talking to a dude. Do you mean? So what I'm saying is, in the interest of just plain old curiosity we're looking at it. Eddie Murphy could possibly be gay Will Smith uh-huh. possibly could be gay when you say, I, I, Usher now yeah Usher possibly well, gay supposedly the guy's coming out saying he was exposed to herpes there's a man suing him you, you you said Michael Jackson last week oh by the way we gotta tell well, them I, what songs know, we played I, you last know, week I, you know I, I said that off, I, you know oh that was off mic <laughs> <laughs> I want to rub with something. It's a lot of secrets. I mean, it's a lot of secrets that people don't know about. You know what I'm saying? They probably st- probably st- say, st- should stay secrets. You dig? Yeah. But it, don't, by the way, don't go talking about what we talked about, the uh, the Bilderberg group. Don't don't sound up. Just do that research by yourself. Keep but that don't, between me and y'all, y'all. Keep yeah, don't. between me and you. Yeah, because I, I was. Don't tell nobody else. That's some creepy shit. Is they're living up to 90 years old? Don't. Tell anybody about and that. And who wants really. to fucking live to their fucking 90 some years old anyway? You can't use your fucking dick anymore. You can't fucking, you can barely fucking shit regularly. Who wants to fucking live to your 100 some? I don't want to live to I'm a fucking 100 fucking saying. thousand they, years old. That's what the I'm fuck? saying. How do they on even. On this planet? How, Hell no. Dude, I'm cool. How do they even <laughs> put their suits I'm on? Cool. I can't even put a suit on, it gets itchy. Meanwhile, every white dude I know over the age of seventy-two is is complaining about the Vietnam War or is senile is and they put them in an adult. How are these dudes walking around at ninety-one? Anyways, the point is, Michael Jack. What were you saying? Off mic. That was off mic. No, nah, I mean, come on, man. You know, Mike, Mike, Mike. Obviously, Mike. Um, he was different, man. Obviously, Mike. His sexual desires were probably different. I don't think he has sexual desires for no kids, though. I think that was something that was like put on him to character assassinate him. But I think that he did have inappropriate situations where you should not be sleeping in no bed with no kids. Period. Point blank. That is a mistake. That's what he shouldn't have did that. Because you a grown ass man, and as a grown ass man, you know your little thing get hard in the morning time, and you got these little kids laying next to you, and your penis is hard in the morning from the morning wood. What's going on? Then that that's a problem. 
So that that I do have a problem with. But no, I don't necessarily see Mike fucking no kids. You know what I'm saying? That's me personally. But Mike, you know, Mike along with a lot of these child stars in this demonic, evil kind of industry. Not saying the whole industry is evil, but there's a lot of people in this industry that have sick fetishes. Very sick fetishes. And they, they, they use them as leverage to boost child stars to their superstardom. I.e. you have to do X, Y, and Z to be propelled to superstardom. And that is molestation. That is, uh, that's fucking crazy. How these kids is getting passed around like Corey Haim, Corey Feldman. Come on, man. They wrote these books on how they used to get passed around these child sex rings in Hollywood. This is a fact. This happens in Hollywood. These kids are getting passed. That shit does something to people's minds, their psyches. I just watched Katy Perry bawl her eyes out because she can't be her fucking self. Wait, what? What do you mean? What happened? Katy Perry was on a therapist on Viceland. Dude, I gotta start watching the show. What happened? You gotta start watching the therapist, dog. They just had. I cheap, don't know, but Katy Perry did this dumbass thing where you know, like she did that. I know, but she that, she them, there was real tears, fam. Yeah, okay. There so was what, real tears. Okay, what, dog. what happened? Sorry. What nah, happened? she just basically, you know, what I mean. She had to be. She has to be Katy Perry instead of Catherine or whatever the hell her name is. She's not able to be herself. Isn't that her fault though? You know she started this well, career. Katy, Katy, her parents probably started it though. What do you mean? She was like twenty-seven when she when she got started. But I don't know. I'm just saying, like you know what I mean. But I don't know. All I'm saying is, how old is Katy Perry? She on, can't be herself. Me. She fucking was bawling her eyes out to the therapist dude because he has to be this false facade, this false person all the fucking time. Because she's built this fucking reality around herself, this false reality, and that that crumbles. All right, here's the thing: okay. she's thirty-two years old. How how long has she been popping? Maybe like I don't know, eight but, years. But that don't mean nothing. People be working all their fucking lives to do this shit. No, no. But what I'm saying I've is, I've been working twenty years as a musician, playing drums like deep, like I've been in this shit twenty years strong. Though. I think Katy Perry, me? she can't be herself. Don't get it twisted. Katy Perry, she can't be herself. Why doesn't she like? What? Why is she built? What? Her music is not even real. Is the thing she's been making pop music. She, you know what I mean? Like, that's her own fault. What did the therapist say? I'll therapize this for, for, for her. Yeah. This is what she needs to do. She needs to get back to basics. She needs to get back to fundamentals. She needs to stop making this pop music and make some real shit. She needs to tap into some authenticity. Right. She's crying about not being able to be herself because you know why she can't be herself? Because she's afraid to be herself because she's going to lose her empire. She's afraid to lose her empire. That bag. That's exactly. Bag. exactly. That's what that's it is. That's exactly why Colin Kaepernick is a perfect example of that. You know what I'm saying? Of why motherfuckers are so scared to lose their lavish lifestyle. They're so scared to lose their maid and their driver's service and their fucking big house. They, they're afraid to lose that shit. So they'll let Colin Kaepernick, get, Colin Kaepernick get lynched even though he's doing the right fucking thing by standing up against his racist-ass country. And what? Oh, you won't, you won't salute a swastika, but you'll salute the motherfucking American flag that accosted you. Shout out to Razzcast. You know what I'm saying? Was that a freestyle? That was a Razzcast lyric from Nature of the Threat. Okay. Niggas was niggas won't salute a swastika, but will salute a flag that accosted you on some real ass shit. The American flag is a very, very weird thing, but because it is like a relic of imperialism. It is like this strange symbol. It's it means so many things. That's the thing is I f like the interpretation of the American flag is is pretty flexible. I think you can project onto it whatever you want, 
But I love I love this country and I love I love my people. I love people of all, all races. I have no problem with anybody. But I don't stand for no ignorance and I don't stand for no motherfucking white supremacy. And that American flag has stood for some white supremacy in this motherfucking world. Not just this country. Katie, if you're listening, I know you, I know I know you got plenty of money saved up. I want you to sell everything and move This is why Dave Chappelle is so mythical. Is he said fuck the bag. He had fifty million on fifty million dollars on the table and he said no thank you. Not only no thank you, but I'm out of here because y'all are crazy. I'm going to Africa. Yeah. Katy Perry, listen. Look at Dave Chappelle. Go to Africa, Katy Perry. Katy Perry, study for take it from the, the Dave Chappelle blueprint, baby girl. Go to Africa. Get your mind right. Get you get, get. your Dr. Sebi recipes is gone. He, he, he was with Left Eye when Left Eye, when she made the transition. But get you a holistic doctor. Go see a holistic doctor to get your mind, body, and your car right. Get For real. Your mind right. Which is such a powerful statement to somebody. Get your mind right. Because, like, it's all internal. The reason why you say get your mind right. I actually had, I wrote, let me see. Hold on. Let me, I got to read through my papers real quick. Because I said, do I even have it? I have it in my, oh, right here. Anyways, Katie, you gotta, you got yeah. Listen, we, we ha- what, so what did the therapist say to Katie Perry? What she, what she, pr- I mean, he pretty much was like, you know what I mean? Like he was just pulling the stuff out of her, wanted her to go back to her at a ch- as a childhood at a place where, before the, all the madness started, and to go back to that place and be able to like hold on to that, and, and be able to, you know what I mean? And basically like, don't let, like, don't let that die. Just how like, like he was talking about, don't let you, you need your child, like you need your juvenile, you need that, you need that, but you can't let it die. I mean, you can't, you can't like, you know what I mean? Oh, that's what we're talking about. We were talking about the Bible verse, how it said, put away your childish things. Mm-hmm. Put away your childish things, but don't, don't throw them away. Because be, having that childlike energy is necessary for your sanity on this planet. You just have to find a balance in the middle ground with this shit. You can't go up and down the streets acting like a big ass kid all the time. You got you got to find you got to have a middle ground. Well, also when you were a child, you didn't really think about the way that people looked at you, right? Like you were much more innocent. It was definitely yeah. Carefree. And as you and as you grow up, society like the influence of society starts to shape you into something that you no longer are. Dude, your whole life I've been doing a lot of thinking lately, guys. And I've realized I haven't re- okay, it's not I didn't realize it independently. I've been doing a lot of reading. I think I just said that. All your life, you want to get back to who you were as a child. You want to get back to the self. It is always like the whole journey, which is circular, is a journey away from yourself because it just you're forced to do it because society forces you away from yourself. And the rest of your life, if you're on the right path and if you're brave enough, is a journey back to the self that society took you away from. Hmm. And right now, Katy Perry... Is, has lost herself. She got lost in the sauce, and she she's the sauce, and yeah. she's crying, right? Like almost like an infant. I'm imagining was she is it, was it hysterical or was she bawling or was it was she I mean, keeping she, it together? I mean, look, she had she had other people in the room with her. Uh huh. You know what I mean? See like, who I, the fuck are those people? Get those people out. Oh shit, the mic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> get, get the piece. Like, like I could I could see like other people in the room. Uh huh. So it's kind of like like you never know what these people man. 
Like, is this a PR stunt or is this really you trying to get your mind right? Exactly. And that's you know her problem is she's too, it's yeah. too poppy. It's too clear. This pop music world is not, this is why I don't even know which direction to take this conversation. I'm just going to stick with where I was at. The self. <laughs> this, is why, this is why Katy Perry, it was crying, was because she wants to get back to her childhood, but she's stuck in this role that society created for her. Right. You know? And she and and the whole time, she you know this is maybe this is a gra- maybe this was a, a breakthrough for her. That's why I'm realizing this. I'm sorry, go ahead. That she needs to get back to herself. Always, you get back to yourself. Your first life, because you got this first life and you got this second life. And your first life is your childhood, your life that you really want to live, your authentic self, right? Right. And then, but then, in so, when you start engaging with society, you start participating in the second life, which is this double life. Right. Which you just put on is a facade and de- is yeah. not real at all, and you got to put on a costume. And I realized this, back now to the realizations, when I started going to work, to my okay. So for the people that don't know, I intern at the mayor's office. Shout out to Howie, man, man. Shout out to Howie for the popping that popping that motherfucking city whip. Now, you know what I'm saying, you, you, what you got a problem, man? Howie will shut your whole motherfucking establishment down. Come through a code enforcement and everything. Play me, play if you want to. Play if you want to. The, anyway, go ahead. the mayor knows my first name. The mayor knows his first name. You did? Calls me by my first name. Calls him by his first name, okay? But that, that, that's the city Illuminati right there. That's a whole different Illuminati right there. That's, you know what I mean? City, you know what I mean? You don't want the problems. You don't want that city Illuminati on your ass. Here's the thing it got boring after about eight months. The yeah. mayor's office is getting a little too. It's just, it's, I'm over. Because ain't got nothing to do because ain't well, nobody getting killed out here. Well, it's just not something. I mean, as I get more towards wanting to be a like stand-up comedian, being more committed to being an artist, and I can I try to say that in the least sleaziest way possible, you know, because that word has been sullied by fuckboy, you know, just idiots. But what I'm saying is, the more committed I get to writing and doing comedy and, and film and reading and being authentic, getting back to my first life, the more. That second life, the, there's a more there's more of a gap in my personality, that I, that I did that I didn't have yeah. when I first started out at the mayor's office. My personality outside of the mayor's office, and my personality inside the mayor's office yeah. was kind of almost interchangeable because I was starting this new thing where I finally committed to political science okay. because it was a liberal arts Shout major. Shout out to Howie for making it, making it official, making it a real thing between him and political science because a lot of undeclared motherfuckers out there. Well, and. Dude, this we talked about this a few weeks ago. The power of of deciding, right? And yeah. I fla- for four years I was at RCC, not knowing what I wanted to do. And then I went. I mean, well, what I really wanted to do was film, but I didn't have the balls to do it. So what I did was like environmental engineering, environmental science. Did a year of film school, then went, then went back to like environmental science. Dude, for four years, flip flopping. What the fuck he wanted to do? That, that's when he was smoking now, that tweed. Now here, here's and wearing the, his pants all half off his ass. That's, here, that's around the same time. I, 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 I knew. I knew exactly. No, here's the thing. I knew exactly what I wanted to do, but I didn't have the balls to do it. Or, or not even the balls, but just like. Well, it is ball. The courage. I didn't have the courage to do it, and also because it required commitment. I was too lazy and I was too afraid. But to say that. But. But I did make a decision, which was to commit to political science, which I figured, you know, I'm good at the humanities. That's my dad's major. My dad got a degree in political science. I'm good at humanities. I'm good at liberal arts. It'll be a good fit, I think. So for this whole year, 
between getting from RCC and into UCR, or at least after deciding to be a, like a major in political science at RCC, I basically adopted this new personality where I was like, all right, I'm going to be a political scientist. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And I started walking around like a political scientist. And so when I got the job at the mayor's office, maybe, dude, like six months into deciding that I, which is not a long time at all. It's remarkable, the, the sequence it's of events, how it just, it all lined up. Not necessarily because this was the right path, but because I made a decision. This is the redemptive... Dude, this is what Will Smith talked about in that clip where he talks about the redemptive power of making a decision. Once you commit to something, it doesn't matter if it's the wrong path because once you commit to it, you'll realize it's the wrong path. But if you don't commit, you won't know that it's the wrong path. Mm. So committed to it, now fast forward to now, and as I'm moving away from political science, the personalities have now separated in a way where I go into the mayor's office and like, I don't even like, it's not that I'm unhappy, but it's like, this has been reduced completely down to an occupation. Mm. I don't see, like, I used to think about the mayor's office outside of the mayor's office. Like, okay. oh, how can I collaborate with this but person? But now and since you conquered that, it's kind of like, oh, well shit, it ain't now, really. Now I just go in Dude, I just go in there and write. I mean, there's two projects that I need to wrap up, and they're kind of long-term, and they're yeah. keeping me there. But as soon as they, I finish them, I'm out. Right. And I just, those are loose ends that I need to tie up because I have to leave on good... So, um, but is that, is that always going to be somebody going to have in your pocket, though? That's what I'm saying. I, well, even if it... It, prob, it could be, hopefully, if I, I leave on good terms. Yeah. But if it isn't, I'm not worried. Right. Because it's not necessarily a route that I want to pursue. Okay. And so, I, I mean, I, at this point, dude, I go in there, I answer like three or four emails. Yeah. And the rest is just waiting around for emails. So I'll do like miscellaneous work, maybe help out or like administrative stuff. But I just go in there and I write now. Like I just literally, I write on Google Docs. I have my notebook open and I'll just write. Yeah. And, and that's it. But what I'm saying is, what I've noticed is following this authenticity is it has become more and more separate, which is a good thing. That's I go in there and put it on a costume. You're damn right that's a good thing. So. Man. I mean. You got anything else you want to say to these people? What time are you? I don't think so. We, we're Gucci. I think we, uh, I think the, seven an hour and a half. I think we clocking in at about a, an hour and 20 minutes. Or what, what are we now? We had about uh, uh, an hour and 18 minutes. Okay, so cool. we just end out. All right. Well, real quick, real quick. Let me let, let me tell them what we played last week because I know. Played, what, what we listened to last week? What was that? We had Silk to Soccer? Okay. Uh, all right. All right. For the first song, it was Underdog by Sly and the Family Stones. That was the first song, the opening. The closing song was Supreme off of the Mastermind album by Rick Ross with the special cameo from Cat Williams. Um, other and than today's that, song, wait, wait. oh no no, today's song we got we got to keep them hooked. So oh, yeah, they don't, we'll tell oh. them next week. We're gonna tell let them. Me find, let me find out how to the smart one. Let me find out. We let, gotta hook it up. Let, let me find out, y'all. Other than that, see you next week, y'all. Peace, y'all. We out.
Best leave our shit alone, Robin Thick.